Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. And so, Father, we thank you. We give you all honor. We give you all adoration. We say, be thou exalted in Jesus' name. We thank you for this day and every day. We thank you for this opportunity as members of the body of Christ to be before you, to listen to your word. We say, be thou exalted in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask that you speak to us tonight in your word. In the name of Jesus, we command every obstacle and every hindrance on the way of our people coming to this meeting tonight. We command them to be removed in the name of Jesus. We speak forth tonight that the world that we hear today will bear fruit in our lives in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Um, praise the Lord. To the glory of God, this meeting is for workers in God's vineyard. And when I say workers in the vineyard of God, I mean workers in SPI generally. But this isn't just about workers in SPI. Um, this meeting is also important for every believer in Christ that intends to live a life of fulfillment. You know, for some time now, one of the scriptures we have talked about a lot is John chapter 10 and verse 10. How Jesus said that uh, his reason for coming is because of life and that we may have abundance. And uh, one of the things that we have discovered is that um, the fact that we have the life of God in us has not been so productive, if I may, has not been so revealed in the life of many believers across the world. This is a common reality that um, that should not be so. Let me put it that way. It has become almost a common thing that we hear from God and we do not uh, you know, experience what God has said. It has become almost a common thing. Just as we have declared this year, that this is the year of our rest. The year of the clarity and the reality of the rest in Christ. Now, it is important for us to understand that uh, despite the fact that God's word is true and what God has declared he is able to do, it still does not mean that it will automatically happen in the life of believers. So there are still some things. Perhaps if you look at the scripture, 2 Peter chapter 1, from verse 3. It says, Whereby have been given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That is verse 4. That by these promises we might be partakers of the furniture. Now the Bible doesn't say you will be partaker. The Bible doesn't say you shall be partakers. The Bible said you might be. So there is it is conditional. So, despite the fact that God has sent his word to you, it is precious, it is wonderful, it is able to do what God has said it can do, then it, the word of God being real in your life is still conditional. So, despite the fact that the rest that is in Christ is finished, it is still conditional for you to experience. I want to get it now. And so, one of the things that make the 
experience of God's word real in our lives is one of the things we have come to treat tonight and it is the principle of order and structure. Praise the Lord. The principle of order and structure. I would like us to pay attention at this point just for the next 50 minutes or thereabout. I beg of you, just pay attention and, you know, follow me. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. The Bible says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the divine nature, is that look unto Jesus. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the divine nature. He said, there is a pattern that the Lord Jesus has laid down. He said, look unto that pattern. Hallelujah. And live your life according to that pattern. Look unto him and make him an example of your life. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Now, if we are going to follow the instruction of God, that is to look at Jesus and the way he lived his life, to make to build a pattern out of ourselves, then we must understand that the same way Jesus believed God and was able to manifest God is the same way he is asking us to believe God today. He said, everything you hear me say, I do not speak of my own. As my father speak to me, so I say to you. He's actually said, as I hear, I speak. So you believing God, you having faith, you trusting God is not a new thing. We have a perfect example. Even if there were no believer on earth with the kind of perfect example, thank God. We have Jesus as a personal example and we can study his life. Hallelujah. Now, the same Jesus said something in Luke chapter 14 from verse 28. Luke chapter 14 from verse 28. Jesus said, Is there any man amongst you? Anyone? And now, anyone refers to you now. It says, Jesus said, Can anyone, okay, Build a house without first sitting down and counting the cost. You know, for some time now, I've been talking about this. Is it possible for anybody, think about it now, that can you just sit down and say, oh, I have two plots of land in Aja, and so by the grace of God, I want to build a duplex on it. And then you just call the bricklayer and say, tomorrow, engineer, tomorrow. I want to build a duplex on my two plots of land in Aja. Okay? And I'm going to send you six million now. Can you begin to build? Is it possible for you to do that? Without first sitting down and estimating how much it will cost you. Now, Jesus said, without first sitting down and counting the cost. But in reality, what he was saying is that, wouldn't you first sit down and look at the kind of building you want to build? Is it possible for you not to first sit down and build the building in your mind first? Okay? See the structure you intend to build and then count the cost. So if you are unable to do this, 
what will happen is that you will become unable to complete the house if you don't have enough hallelujah and there are many believers today in the world that they have abundance for relevant things i mean they have abundance in reality that is the truth but the kind of life that they have been living listen to me the kind of life that they have been living okay is such that they do not have enough of anything i like to tell people this that if 24 hours is not enough for you to do everything that you want to do in a whole day you are struggling too much to prove nothing hallelujah you are struggling to get work done you, you are not wise if 24 hours this must be the first lesson you are learning today you know there's people that say that even 24 hours is not enough come off it if 24 hours is not enough for you to do the things that you would like to accomplish such that you are carrying over despite being very busy you are carrying over yesterday's activity into today day in day out not having enough time for sleep what will happen to you is that you will not live long first and foremost and no matter the things that you acquire it will become irrelevant impact requires wisdom i want to get it now living a life of relevance requires wisdom and one of the wisdom that is necessary is one of the things that we have come to learn tonight the principle of order you can't just be living your life the way it comes and say what will be will be that's nonsense nothing will be hallelujah it's so important you have to sit down and count the cost You have, I know you have declared, you have prophesied. 2024 is my year of abundance. 2024 is the year I'm going to accomplish, you know, to complete my house. 2024 is the year I'm going to do this. 2024, this year I want to work with God more. This year I want to experience God more. You have, you have said so many wonderful things. But have you really sat down to count the cost of these things? So now ask yourself if you have sufficient to accomplish these things. Now, when we say counting the cost and having sufficient, now we are saying, have you really sat down to ask yourself, what are these things going to cost me? One, and what will I have to give up to get these things? Two, and am I even ready to give up these things? Hallelujah. I will need to hurry now. Our time is fast spent. Second Peter chapter 1. We're reading from verse 3 on to verse 10. It's so important that we understand these things. Order. One of the things that you need if you are going to lead a productive life is order. Please, you can help us post Second Peter chapter 3. I mean Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 3 to 10. One of the things that you need is order. You know, I was listening to Reverend Samadhi recently, and he said something very interesting. You know, lightning is electricity. How many people believe that? Lightning. You know, that 
Okay, there's lightning in the sky, and then the next thing you hear is bah, the thunder, right? So thunder is the voice of, I mean, is the sound of lightning. Now, lightning is electricity. But lightning used to strike things. And when lightning strikes things, it catches fire. I want to go there now. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 10. Now, look at it. It was trying to explain that look at it. In Yoruba land and even in Nigeria, lightning is a god. <laughs> I think mean, I think the coalition of in Yoruba land okay, about. Can imagine. Whereas lightning is just electricity. So every time it sees when every anything you see that lightning strikes, that thing is carrying a negative charge, and so lightning strikes it. I was going now. The same lightning is what is passed through your cables and your wires. Okay, that is turning on your TV, turning the same lightning, turning on your TV, turning on your computer, turning on everything. The same lightning. Now, what is the difference between the lightning that is in the wire and the one that is destroying things when it strikes? The difference is structure and order. There is no structure to channel the power. Listen to me. There are many powerful believers. There is no structure to channel their power through. One of the things that you must not allow to happen to you is to let somebody teach you that or tell you that you are powerless. Your problem is not that you are powerless. That is even if you have a problem at all. The issue isn't that you are not powerless. The issue is that you lack order and proper structure to channel the power that you carry. I like to tell people this. That, see, if you already have the Holy Spirit, you don't have any business sitting down crying for power. The issue is that you are expecting the power to manifest in a way that is no longer relevant. Hallelujah. I need to emphasize on this. I will eventually hurry. Don't worry. I need to just emphasize on this for a minute. Yeah, in the time of Jesus, in the time of the apostles, you know, the way, the major way the devil was oppressing people in the world, okay, where with sicknesses, you know, you know, oppressing people by getting into them, causing madness, causing this, and all of that. Okay, but over time, though we are dealing with the same devil, he has changed tactics. He has moved from possessing, I mean, possessing bodies and making them run mad, though still doing that. He has moved that from their masters passively to corrupting the information that people pass around. We are living in a world that is continually becoming perverse. And rather than believers, listen, instead of believers now to rise with the power that is in us and create a way to shine as light, countering the perverse information running around with the light of God's word, no. We go around condemning wielding power. Who your power help? Hallelujah. Your power is not helping somebody that's about to commit suicide. Your power is not bringing people that are in the bondage and shackles of addictions out. Well, they fall under the anointing one day and then they go back to it two minutes. I mean, two months later. 
Now, I, I see, I, I am not ridiculous. I am a believer by the grace of God. I am not ridiculing these things. I am saying there are proper structures to be to, to get effectiveness. The power that is at work in you is able to do anything that you are able, you are able to produce out of it. Tell yourself, in 2024, I need order in my life. I need structures in my life. So it's not enough to rant. It's not enough to shout. It's not enough to just sit one place and pray in the Holy Ghost. These things are wonderful. They have their place, yes. Jesus said something that shocks me a lot. He said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. And I began to wonder, wow, Jesus said, God has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. So, the poor needs good tidings. Hallelujah. The poor needs opportunities. The poor needs information. The poor needs something that will take them out of their poverty, not money that will help them perpetuate their poverty. And look at the look at the thinking of the poor today. Do you know why you want to make a poor man? No, a poor man. He cannot think beyond money problems. Hallelujah. It's very important for us. You are a powerful being. What you lack is the structure to get the effectiveness out of that power. And if you are, if you must do this, we must look at the perfect example of the Lord Jesus to get effectiveness out of the power that is at work in us. This year, and as members of SPI, we must understand this. There's a reason this teaching is not for everybody yet. I mean, from tomorrow, it's going to be available for everybody. But for now, understand this. That forget, see, you need to come to a level where you understand that the part of the just shineth brighter as the just is working. Okay, let's read the scripture. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life by his divine power. Listen to this. Where does that divine power work in you? Ephesians 3.20 attests to this. It says, um, you know, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you may be able to think or ask for, but according to the power that is at work in you. So, see, you don't, I, I keep telling you this, you don't lack power. Can somebody just in one minute there bow down your head and ask for wisdom? The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Hallelujah. Can you just take one minute now? Ask for wisdom now. The wisdom for putting up structures. Can you begin to ask now? I believe we're praying. I believe we're praying. One minute, ask for the wisdom to be able to set up structures. The Holy Spirit, I want to put my life in order. I want to put up structures that will help me grow, that will help me become relevant. I know you can help me. 
help me to see in the name of Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name was the prayer. He said, we have received all of this by coming to know him. Still 2 Peter chapter 3 now. He said, we have received all of this by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Hallelujah. And I said, verse 4 says, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Somebody say great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. For you to share his divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world. And he says this corruption is caused by human desires. Now, the question I need you to ask yourself is, have you really escaped the corruption that is in the world? The Bible says you have escaped the corruption that is in the world, okay, that is caused by human desires. Now, ask yourself, 90% of your time has spent, I mean, you can't say you have escaped the corruption that is in the world if 90% of your time has spent on pursuing, you know, human desires. Of course, you can say you have escaped. The Bible says, in view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Somebody say, respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. One. It says, add to your moral excellence knowledge and to your knowledge self-control and to self-control patient endurance and to patient endurance godliness and then to godliness brotherly kindness and brotherly kindness with love for everyone. It says, the more you grow like this, the more you be, the more productive and useful you will be. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful will be. You grow out by supplementing your faith, first with moral excellence, and then with moral excellence, add to it knowledge. Now listen to this. Verse 10 says, So dear brothers and sisters, walk out to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. He says, do these things and you will never fall. So if you find yourself falling, listen to this. If you find yourself falling as a believer in Christ, okay, the reason you are falling, the reason you are falling is not because God is not available to help you. It's not because the Holy Spirit isn't there to help you. The problem, the reason you are falling is most likely because you have, you are entertaining human desires. You see, we must understand the difference between human desires and God's desires. And the only way we can understand the difference between human desires and godly desires is by first having a relationship with God and knowing God. You can't understand godly desires without knowing God. You can't live a godly life without knowing God.
Haleluya. It's so important for us to understand this. So order is, listen to this, order. So when we say order now, we're saying doing things in a manner, okay, that allows growth and expansion to take place. So order is a requirement for growth. However, if order is going to happen, order needs first and foremost peace and clarity. Hallelujah. If order is going to come into anything, peace and clarity is required. Somebody say peace and clarity. You can't have order if there's no clarity. You need to become clear about where you are right now. See, sometimes we need to be very honest with ourselves. We need to become clear with who we are and where we're headed. There needs to be some clarity. And there's need, there's, there's, there is the need for peace. There is the need for peace. You know, someone said something, said, God gave me peace on all sides. Okay. Said, God gave me rest on all sides. I have peace. There is no enemy or evil occurrence. And we see the kind of person that Solomon became because he was at peace. Solomon was considered the wisest man. I mean, the wisest man so far on that. This is a man that is a non-believer. Hello. Let me say let me say this to you. Do you realize that you have an abundance of grace that surpasses the wisdom of Solomon? That is, you have access to the wisdom that is greater than the wisdom of Solomon. You have access. The issue is that you just didn't know. Hallelujah. So all that needs peace. Now, listen to this. When I say peace now and clarity, I mean the kind of peace, okay, that you by yourself, okay, by virtue of how you lead your life, or let me say, by virtue of how you live your life, bring into your life. You see, we must understand this, that man is capable of bringing peace into his own life. And a man is capable of bringing confusion into his own life. Understand this. This is what I mean. So if you are living, like I said earlier, that if you cannot ask yourself, if 90% of the things that you are I mean, pursuing in life, okay, are, you know, influenced by human desires, they can be peace. A man that 24 hours is not enough to run a single day in his life does not have peace. Doesn't have peace, he doesn't have rest. There needs to be peace. And the kind of peace I'm talking about comes from first understanding the reason you live. 
there is a kind of peace that comes from understanding that this is what I've been created to do and I am striving my best to make sure this is what I'm doing and achieving with my life. So sit down. I sincerely, I need you to sit down. You've written goals, wonderful goals. We present them before the Lord yesterday. We pray on them. We ask the Holy Spirit to disrupt them into wood. Yes, we did. But you need to sit down. How many of these goals, okay, are influenced by the desires, I say, the will of God? How many? Now, listen to this. If you do not know who you are, or if you do not know the will of God, what the will of God is concerning your life, you don't have any business setting goals. I'll be honest with you, as a believer in Christ, if you do not know what the will of God is for your life, there is no vision yet. And if there is no vision yet, forget it, there are no dreams yet. If there are no dreams yet, there are no missions yet, there are no goals yet. The beginning of all things is the understanding of the will of God for your life. This understanding alone can help you narrow things down. Let me not get ahead of myself. I have about 20 more minutes left, so let's uh, let's 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 hurry a bit. So as I was saying, that all that is a requirement for the growth. Listen to me. This is your year of rest. Okay, Hallelujah. God is saying, cease from your own works. I mean, cease from your unnecessary labor. Go and quit the things, okay, that has nothing to do absolutely with what I have placed in your hands. The Bible says that he that has entered into his rest has ceased from his own works, even as God did from his. Hebrews chapter 4, I think verse 3, I mean, verse 3 over 6. He that has entered into his own rest, I mean, into the rest, assist from his own works, just as God did cease from his. Now, we know God ceased from his works, but he never stopped being productive. So you can get, I'm, I'm being honest with you, God is telling you, call your life to order, basically. Hallelujah. This is what God is saying to you. Call your own life to order. Think about it. What are the things that you're pursuing? Am I saying you should, you know, turn yourself into, am I saying you pursue only the things of God? I mean, the things of the church in a way because sometimes we can't tell the difference okay so when we say you pursue the will of god the, the will of god is different from the will of a church or let me say it this way the will of god is different from service in a church i mean serving in a church serving in a local assembly serving in a ministry can be part of the will of god but when i say the will of god now we're talking about the will of, the specific will of god concerning your life The, the scripture we had, uh, read earlier, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the divine calling. So, there is a divine calling on you. It may not be for ministry, it may not be for 
you know it may not be for anything that has to do with the ministry so to say but I don't understand that there is a divine calling on your life God has called you to come and be a witness in a particular place at a particular time nothing matters more to your life than that calling your prosperity listen to me your prosperity your driving your relevance as a person is in the performance of that calling hallelujah i really need to hurry at this point so for a believer there is a specific example we can see from the lord jesus and i'm going to help us to create that order so i'm going to give you about four or five steps or the let me say let's let's call it the process of order the process of setting i mean on putting up order hallelujah don't forget we have said we're talking about the principle of order and structure so order is one structure is another so perhaps another time we talk about structure let's talk about order for now in matthew chapter 3 down to chapter 5 in your in a free time time will not allow us to look at the scriptures but in your free time try your best to study the scriptures matthew chapter 3 chapters 3 4 and 5 jesus laid a perfect example for how a believer should live his life now listen to this any believer that wants to attain relevance in life must understand this order of things every believer that wants every believer that wants to live a relevant life must understand these things now the first requirement in the process of a believer's life is relationship with god a relationship with god see jesus son of god i i keep saying this i keep saying this a lot jesus son of god he spent 30 years on earth before he started ministry i mean let's say that okay wasn't so old at age 17 at 10 at 12 then what happened at age 18 at least at 18 he was an adult at 20 he was an adult at 25 he was an adult at 27 he was an adult he didn't go about trying to you know trying to proclaim himself son of god trying to preach the gospel trying to do anything before that he waited till he was 30. he waited until his training part one of his training process was complete it demonstrated patience in authority understand this it demonstrated patience in understanding he knew what he wanted to do he knew his purpose in he, he knew who he was yet it demonstrated the kind of patience that you need you know sometimes believers behave as if we're going to die next two years With the way we think, with the, with the way we reason, with the way we talk. Sometimes we just behave as if two years from now we're dying. <laughs> One small setback, and you see, I, I, you, see, I see, you, you begin to say things like, ah, you are done for. Why? Small setback. 
So the first thing you need is a relationship with God. John chapter 1, the Bible says in the beginning was the world, and the world was God, and the world was God. And it went on and one in verse 3 says, In him, and that is in the world was life, and the life was the light of man. The Moffat translation says, The life was the development of man. The development of man. So that is to tell you that what is called light. You say, so, so every time you say, let there be light, what you are indeed saying is that let there be development. Now you must understand this, that if you are saying let there be light, which is also let there be development, you must understand that development does not fall down. Development comes as you make them come. This is what Jesus said, you are the light of the world. So that is to say, you are the development of the world. You can't understand how you are intended to develop the world. Listen to this. You can't understand the kind of development you are to bring into the world if you lack a relationship with God. So this is the time that you solidify your relationship with God. And when we say relationship with God now, we know that we're talking about the relationship with the Word of God. See, let nobody deceive you. You need a relationship with the Word of God. That is the order of things. The Bible says that you, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says that you experience a transformation in your life as you renew your mind with their world. You experience a transformation in your life as you renew your mind with the world. So it is time to dust your Bibles and sit down. This is the cost of your life. Sit down. Go and find, I'm being honest with you now, go and find out for yourself. Not because one pastor told you. Go and find out for yourself what God's specific will for your life is. Spend time with His Word because when you're spending time with His Word, you're spending time with God. This is what is called waiting on the Lord. We're we're not waiting on the Lord because we're fasting. Hallelujah. So you need a relationship. Jesus demonstrated this. He spent 30 years of his life meditating on the scriptures. He, he did it so much, he became a lady in church. Everybody knew he was the one that read scripture for them every Sunday. I want to get it now. And then at the end of this, he knew, because he had read the scriptures, he knew what had to be done at each point in time. He knew the move of God. He could recognize the move of God when John was baptizing people unto repentance though that baptism is not ordained to be a permanent one listen to this though that baptism is an example of the baptism of the holy spirit jesus could still recognize it as the move of god because he had spent time with god and so he went to be baptized and after he was baptized okay the relationship that was between him and god that only him 
and perhaps his family and God knew about became proclaimed to people that were there. A voice spoke from heaven. Hallelujah. And he was led into the wilderness afterwards to go and do an exam. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, having a relationship with God, that is to say, knowing God, would lead you to knowing yourself. So, when I say I have a relationship with God, now I'm saying knowing God. And it is in knowing, listen to this, it is in knowing God that you can know yourself. Because a son of God that does not know his father cannot know himself. Okay, let's, let's not put it that way. A son, basically, that does not know his father cannot know himself. It is impossible. Impossible and cannot. Impossible can't. You have no life outside of your father. So you need to know your father to know yourself. Jesus knew the father. He knew himself. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Because not, not just because he, he came from heaven, but because he read of all the wonderful things that God had said about him before he came to be. Hallelujah. One thing you, you must realize is that when Jesus was amongst us, I mean, amongst the living, he was flesh and blood like you. Yes, though he was God, but he was flesh and blood like you. He was subjected to a mind like yours. He was subjected to a brain like yours. He didn't carry all of the memories of his heavenly glory along with him when he was coming. No, 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 no. Please do not think that. Please do not think that. The brain in his head developed in the womb. So it's not like he came with all of the memories. Because sometimes, you, you know, there's, there's a part of us that like that tends to believe that Jesus came with all of his memories of who he was in heaven and how he and God used to be together and all that. So he carried all of those memories and came into the earth. Mm. He had to find, listen to this, he had to find out. Because... Now you understand why he was reading the scriptures. Why you understand why he was meditating on the scriptures. He had, they had to be revealed to him. The same way it was, it had to be revealed to you. If it wasn't automatic for Jesus, it can't be automatic for you. Listen to this. Man of God. So you can't just say, ah, Jesus sent out, Jesus raised the dead. I also want to raise the dead. And you are going, come on. The same Jesus spent time discovering who he was. Hallelujah. Whoa, our time is sustained. Know God. This is the first step in, in the process of setting order for your life. Know God. In knowing God, you will find out who you are. That's one. And then two, the second process, I mean the second part of the process is what is called understanding. So there is one thing to know who you are. It is another thing to understand who you are. So the first thing you must understand is who you are. These things must not elude you this year. 
you must understand who you are you know <laughs> there was a scenario between Jesus and the fig tree that uh you know I was just discussing with a pastor friend of mine and he shared that revelation with me and I was shocked it brought me an understanding of who I was. Now, now I know I I I do, I do know who I am, but it brought me an understanding of who I am. Let me put it that way. Now, remember the fig tree that Jesus saw from afar off, and spoke. I I, I was expecting to bring forth. Now we know that Jesus speaks, and it is so. But in this particular case, Jesus decided not to speak to the tree. He saw the tree. And expected the tree to bring forth fruit and when it got there the tree didn't bring forth fruit and so it caused the tree now if you ask if you have to look at her about it from a human standpoint jesus was very harsh to the tree but it was not jesus knowing and understanding that he is the son of god not just the son of god it was through him that this tree was created so this tree must recognize who is coming this tree should have understand that this is the creator of all things. If I'm not going to sow for anybody, I must, I must bring forth fruit from this one, for this one. So he expected, I'll be honest with you, Jesus expected the tree to respect his expectations. And on getting there, the tree refused to respect his expectations. And so he dealt with the tree. No wonder, the Bible says the expectations of the righteous shall not be cut short. understand who you are see don't just say i am a child of god come on do you know what being a child of god means that you can do like god now i've told you that you can do like god i just told you so every time you say i'm a child of god they say i can do like god now the truth is are you ready to do like god no, 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 that's, that's not the question. The question is, are you willing to do like God? Are you, you are equipped, but are you trained to do like God? Because the equipment is there. Listen to this. The power is there. The ability is there. What is missing is the training and the proper structure to get it to happen. Hallelujah. So you need to understand who you are, one. Two, you need to understand your purpose. So Jesus understood, didn't just understood who he was, but he also understood his purpose. So he didn't go about meddling with other things. He didn't try getting married. He didn't try looking for a house to build. He didn't try looking for cars to buy. You know, he didn't, he didn't even bother about clothes. He just didn't bother. Because he knew his purpose. Listen to me. It is the kind of purpose you carry that will determine the things in this world that are relevant to you. Listen to this again. Not everything that, the, that is in the world is relevant to your life. Listen to this again. Let me tell you. Not everything that is in the world is relevant to your life. Let me say this again so that I can just get what I'm saying. Not everything that is in this world is relevant to your life. And it doesn't make you less of a human being. You don't have to experience everything in the world to become relevant.
time is fast spent, I will be able to dwell on many of these things. Let me just go ahead. You need to understand your purpose. And after you understand your purpose, there's something, there's one other thing you must understand. Don't forget this is the second part of the process. Understanding who you are, understanding your purpose. Are we noting these things down? And understanding thirteen time and seasons. If there's anything you must learn from the Lord Jesus, understand. I mean, learn from his demonstration of understanding of time and seasons. He waited. He didn't go. He, he knew that there was supposed to be a voice that would go ahead of him. Hallelujah. He didn't start before that voice. He waited for the vo- hello. He waited for the voice to start. The voice had an established ministry. He went to be baptized up that that voice. Are we together now? And then from there, he went into the wilderness. Listen to this. He went, went into the wilderness. He was led into a season of being alone. Incubating for what was to happen. He didn't react to it. He didn't see the 40-day fasting period and temptation process with Satan as a distress. He didn't treat it as a distress. He didn't treat it as a, as a suffering. He didn't treat it as an harassment. He didn't look at his life and say, hey, is my life not going backward? I, son of God, not eating for 20 days? He, doesn't, he didn't go about crying about it. He understood that he was there for a season. And he was not craving for the life of the city when he was in the wilderness. You know, many believers, this is where they shoot themselves in the leg. So when you are in the wilderness, many believers, when they are in their wilderness season, in fact, many believers remain in the wilderness season because they continue to see it as a big issue. I was together now. And they begin to remain there and complain. And in their complaining, they are failing the... uh, Listen to this now. They are failing the temptation over and over and over again. Listen to this. The angels didn't come to minister unto the Lord Jesus until he has successfully sent away Satan. Let me repeat. The angels didn't come to minister unto Jesus until he had dealt with Satan and Satan left. Forget this. If If you are in your wilderness season, listen to me, it is until you pass. See, learn from Jesus. It is until you pass that things that the systems of God that did not seem to know how it, I mean that did not seem to work in the past. We now begin to work massively. They will say, What do you do then? You will now say it is grace. You know, I, I know you've heard men of God say it is grace before. I'm teaching you how grace works now. There is the place of you understanding the time and the seasons. Bible says, if your strength fails you, I mean, if you fail in the day of adversity, then your strength is not enough. That is to tell you that there will be the day of adversity. To think that there will not be a day of adversity or to continually treat the day of adversity as a a setback or as, I'm looking for the best way to use it, as a day where you are trampled and you're not going to rise from, is to remain at a point. So there are many believers that they are unable to manifest as development of the world 
because they they have failed their days of adversities and they remain there they did not rise after that adversity they have just remained there they remained in the wilderness in the name of jesus i pray for you listening under the sound of my voice now in the name of jesus if you have remained in the wilderness for too long in the name of jesus the grace and the understanding required for you to come out is released unto you now come out of that wilderness you have stayed too long come out one of the things you see what understand this today if you didn't learn anything learn this one of the things you should never do as a child of God is to be complaining up and down. It will prolong the problem. Hallelujah. Time and season is very important. These things, by the grace of God, um, when we start the Eldermonian School of Ministry, we will dwell on these things very well. Dwell on them very well. I mean, having long series about it. This teaching is going to be about the three series in Eldermonian School of Ministry. Because these things are things that men and women of God need to understand. Next. The third part of the process. I'm sorry, just give me about five, ten more minutes and then I'll round off. The third part of the process. Now, if you look at the Lord Jesus, first he got a relationship with God, right? Then next he understood who he was, he understood his purpose, he had an understanding of time and seasons. And then after he has done with this step one and two, then he went after people. He didn't go after people first. Hallelujah. He went after people. Now, he didn't just go after people. If you study Matthew chapter, we are reading, we are reading Matthew chapter 3 to verse 5 now. He didn't just go after people. He went first after the people that can build, listen to this, that can build along with him. So you understood that I was not going to get married. So I don't need a wife. But I need people that are going to continue this work after I am gone. And so he began to search for them first. He was not looking for them in the wilderness. This is, an, this is a free advice for unmarried singles. Don't try and get married in your season of wilderness. It might create problems. It might create problems that will take years to solve. Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't try gathering people in his wilderness. He came out and then he began to look for the people that could help him. And then when he got them, then he went next to the people that he has been sent to. So as he was gathering the people that could work with him, and then he began to approach the people that he has been sent to. And he got to a point, the people that he has been sent to were so much, then he had to use a platform. So he went on top of the mountain and began to speak to them at once. Listen to this. Don't try to speak. See, there are things you must understand. Don't try. Because many, 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 many men of God, you are aware that, oh, you are a pastor or you are a worker in church or you are this or you are that. 
the call of God is upon your life and then the next thing you want to do is that the next two years you want to be the one on all I mean you want to be the one all the TV stations is, is playing is sermons of course not of course not there's a place of trade see God isn't just going to send you to people when you are not trained if you can do that to Jesus he's going to do it to you if you can do it with Jesus I mean if Jesus did it you're going to have to do it it didn't start looking for the platform <laughs> when the platform became a necessity it became possible so don't try to create platforms yet when you don't understand where you are going when you don't understand your message listen to this when you don't understand what you have been sent to do when you don't even have people to work with you don't try to create a platform yet the platform is the least listen the, it is the least part of the thing so as a child of god wherever you are now if you understand your purpose if you understand who you have now by now and you understand time and seasons and you are probably you are serving in local assembly probably you're serving in xpi this, listen to this now listen to this now understand that god has an assignment for you where you are serving understand that there are assignments in your time and in your i mean in your seasons understand that there are assignments there and the performance of, assi- of those assignments is helping you grow it is not the covetousness that helps you grow it is not the lack of patience that helps you grow it is the performance of the assignment so pending the time yes the whole world is still going to hear your voice hallelujah but pending the time that they are going to hear your voice you have to be faithful in the little things hallelujah now, remember this the platform was the last jesus didn't go on the mountain first it went there when it became a necessity. Hallelujah. Understand this. So, this four, I've just broken it into four. This four-part process is important for setting order in your life as a believer. Relationship with God, understanding, or at least understanding who you are, understanding your purpose, understanding time and seasons. And the third part is the getting the right people to build with you and then the people that you've been sent to. That's three. And then finally, when the people you've been sent to become to show up in their numbers, the platform is necessary. Very important. This is the order to follow. However, if you are going to live a productive life along these lines, you need to put a structure in place in the form of daily habits in the form of daily activities in order to get to where you are going proverbs chapter 18 verse 26 quickly you can just please just post it on the group for us that's the last scripture we're reading for tonight proverbs chapter 18 i mean proverbs chapter 4 from verse 18 to 26 proverbs chapter 4 from verse 18 to 26 see you have to understand this that people don't just become in one day No, 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 no. I, I, I don't understand where sometimes I can't understand this generation. You don't become in two years. It took you how long you've been living to get to where you are now. Understand this? 
I mean, it might take you shorter to get to where you are going, but you need to understand that if it's taking you two, three years to get to where you are going, I mean, the destination you can see, then it's not really a serious place. It's not really a serious place. People become after the accumulation of daily activities. So you become on a daily basis. You know, I've heard people asking, ah, sir, you know, it's, it's just so tough. Today you are feeling high in the Lord. Tomorrow you are feeling down. Next tomorrow you have the strength to do things for the Lord. And then the next day you are feeling down. I get it. The energy can be low or high. Are we together now? But the doings must not be low or high. The things that you do must not be influenced by your feelings. Ah, Shibi, you are you used to say that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Hallelujah. Learn this that it is the things that you do on a day. Don't see that you are able to pray for 20 hours in one day. I mean, so let's say on Monday you pray for 20 hours and then for like 15 days no prayer <laughs> and you want to grow consistently you are joking it is better for you to pray 10 minutes every day hear this it is better for you to pray 10 minutes every day okay than to be praying 20 hours in one day so 20 hours in six months is i'm being honest with you so in six months you pray, you went to a prayer meeting and you pray you you know you you guys prayed around the clock 24 hours marathon prayer and fasting you feel high and so you go on the strength of that high for two weeks after that uncle pain when you can wake up every day and pray, start from 10 15 minutes and being honest with you you will not last two months that way before you increase to one hour and by the, listen to this and by the time it increases to one hour now this is someone that is praying not just praying now this is someone that is praying and fellowshipping with God in his word. If you are able to do this, you start from 10 minutes or 15 minutes every day. I, I'm being honest with you, in six months, you it will not remain that 10-15 minutes. Praying, fellowshipping with the word of God. In six months, you would have gone to at least one hour. And in six months, you would have become something else entirely. If you can manage to do that in two years, you'll be able to look Satan in the eye and say you are a pastor. to understand consistency in fellowship is more important than intensity in fellowship let me repeat consistency in fellowship is more important than intensity in fellowship i hope somebody writes that down you must understand what you do on a day so you need to now sit down and put a structure in place to order your daily life first take out the things that have no relevance to your destiny and your purpose that you are pursuing then you will have time oh there are some things that are relevant but can you give them up for the things that you are seeking now and give them up for now in the future, if they are still relevant, if you still think they are relevant six months later, then you cannot try to find a way to squeeze them in.
Let's read the scripture and go. It's Proverbs 4, 18. The Bible says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more and more unto the perfect day. Listen to this. The path of the... See, that is to tell you that consistency is more important than intensity. The Bible didn't say, The path of the just will, will, will shine one day and shine so bright that it will light for 20 days. No. It says, The path of the just shineth brighter and brighter until it gets to the perfect day. So as the as the just is moving consistently, taking each step, the path is, you know, shining brighter. Not as the just is pounding the floor with the steps. I repeat, on learn this. Don't try to do too big. Start from 10-15 minutes. Consistency in fellowship is more important. This is this is a reality that I'm experiencing. Consistency is more important than intensity. Bible says the way of the wicked is as darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Verse 20 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thy hear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and hell to hold their flesh. He says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. He says, Put away from you a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. He says, Let thy eyes look right on, and thine eyelids look straight before thee. Now, 26. 26 is an instruction for everybody now. It says, ponder the part of thy feet. Sit down. Think about how you have been living your life. Ponder the part of thy feet. This is the part where structure comes in. Ponder. Think about it. Is how I'm living my life getting, I mean, how I'm spending my daily activities. Is it bringing results for me? How I'm spending my life on a daily basis. If you can't ponder the part of your feet and you are praying to... See, there are, some, there are some prayers that God will not answer. Because he said he has answered them. Ponder the part of thy feet. And it says, let all thy ways be established. Be established on what? Upon the words that I have spoken to you before. In verse 20. Think about how, so ask yourself this question tonight as we close, that how am I living my life? Does it align with God's word for me? How are the things that I'm pursuing, do they really align with what God has said concerning my life? Ponder the part of your feet. Because you can't be going to Lokoja and be praying to God to arrive at Abuja. It does not work that way. You can't be on a bus to Ibadan. Hallelujah. And be praying to God that you arrive at Canada. How? I know that God is a miracle worker. He does not make him a magician. Somebody say, ponder the path of thy feet. So this 2020, it is our year of rest indeed. But ponder the path of your feet. See, I'll be frank with you. There is reward in, you know, working with God. But this is for people that does it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, people, people, this is for people that do it well, if I may say it that way. This is for people that do it well. Let me just say that this is for people that do it well. The Bible says, those that know their God, 
those that know their so there is a knowing of their god praise the people of god can we just rise up on our feet and begin to ask for help tonight the spirit of the living god help me i want to bring order to my own life help me now you know where you need help the most we have talked about these things now can you begin to ask for help in those areas now you know where you need the help the most can you begin to ask for help now can you begin see there is nothing to be shy about hey this is your life we're talking about here can you begin to ask for help now i need help i need help i know now i found out where i'm missing it help me i have discovered where i'm missing it help me i mean i have discovered where i've missed it help me help me in the name of jesus because the, the scripture says likewise the spirit helpeth our infirmities i have discovered my own infirmity and limitation i have seen why i have not been able to experience god help me holy spirit to be able to correct this i want to bring order into my life we are praying thank you everlasting father thank you lord jesus for in jesus mighty name we are praying shall we pray together and so father we thank you we give you all the glory and adoration we give you all honor we say be thou exalted in the name of jesus we thank you father because you are the one at work in us both to will and to do of your own good pleasure indeed we say be thou exalted in the name of the lord jesus father we pray for as many that are stuck in this season of wilderness we pray for as many of them that have been stuck in that place in the name of jesus that the grace and understanding that is required to get out of that place is released unto them in the name of the lord jesus we pray for as many that seek clarity that seeks clarity regarding their life and their destiny that seeks clarity regarding their purpose that you have placed in their hands that seeks clarity regarding the call that you have called them into in the name of jesus we pray we ask that understanding is released to them in the name of jesus we ask that these things are revealed to them in the name of jesus thank you you father we ask for help tonight as a school as a ministry we ask for the help of the holy spirit to be able to walk according to thy will lord in the name of the lord jesus thank you everlasting father we thank you because you answer us every time we call on you we say be exalted in the name of jesus for in jesus mighty name we are praying thank you very much for joining thank you very much god bless you